0: Welcome to the
1: Recruitment Mentors podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm really pleased and excited to be joined by Parul Singh, who is currently a software development consultant for Manhattan Partners. Parul graduated from the University of Manchester in 2018, which is when she then joined the recruitment industry and for the past three years, she's been involved actively in the tech recruitment space. She's extremely passionate about mental health, diversity, inclusion. she has been on her own journey on building her brand, and she's even kickstarted her own journey in learning how to code in 2020. Harold, thanks for joining me on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Hisham. It's a a first for this one. I've been listening to your podcast for um, like the last year or two, so it's a bit surreal to come full full circle.
1: (laughs) I'm excited to talk about your story and I think where I always like to start, really interested to hear your thoughts on this question, which is, in your opinion, what characteristics and traits do you think make up a highly successful recruitment consultant?
0: I know you always ask this to people at the start and I think people I think have quite different opinions on it. So I think from my personal perspective where a lot of my success has come from is being genuine with the relationships that I have built. So I have hiring managers from like really well-known companies that I just literally WhatsApp like we're friends and like we'll share like funny like videos and we're just like hey let's catch up over like coffee and they always say that it just feels like so genuine they're the people that end up like coming to you and and building like the long-term relationships and if you try to do it and it's not genuine like people can see like right through it and I think also having a really strong set of personal morals so so important because I know that the industry can sometimes have a bit of a reputation of being a little bit shady so I think if you keep chasing kind of the short-term wins and you know ignoring some of like your core morals for that quick success um I do believe it will be like short-lived so I would rather miss out on something small now and to then build something greater like in the future and I think being supportive of people around you
1: Mm, so building long-term relationships doing the right thing knowing what you stand for what what yeah yeah what what you don't stand for and and sticking by that okay love that so obviously I don't want to say this is like going to be slightly different because I, I don't think that's the right thing to say but okay. a couple of things that me and Paral really wanted to to speak about so bit of context Paral reached out to me and to, just gave me a just I think back to what you're saying like you were just really upfront and honest authentic and just said look he should listen to the podcast I've been on a journey myself with my mental health and other things that I'd love to be able to share for people that hopefully it could help them with their own journey so Obviously, a couple of things that we really wanted to talk through in this episode, which was one, your own journey with your mental health and how that's impacted you and then how you've used that to now obviously be really passionate about helping others. Obviously, talk about building your brand, which is obviously something a lot of uh, modern day recruiters want to do or know how to do. So talk about your journey with that, because I know that's become a really strong part of your yeah, your recruitment desk and, and what you're building. And then the other thing is then just to talk a bit about really focus on been doing a series recently on like, yeah, early on in recruitment. So just uncover like the early days of recruitment, what you went through, what you found difficult, knowing what you know now, what you'd be different. In, and that's sort of what we're going to be focusing on today. So let's just start with, I guess, like your journey, right? So I saw that obviously, yeah, went to university, studied chemistry. Is that mm-hmm. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did.
1: So what, what, like, how the hell did you end up in recruitment then? How did that happen?
0: I'm going to say the same thing. 99.99% of people who (laughs) are in recruitment say literally just panic of being out of uni for like a couple of months i was like hey chilling like living my best life and i was like oh no i'm running out of money and i need to get a job so i was just mass applying on like grad jobs and things and yeah that's where i i ended up like like a month later which is quite interesting one thing that a lot of people actually don't know so i was like a little anecdote actually I very almost didn't end up doing it and i almost end up being on the first season of the circle oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> So, um, well, I'm quite glad that I made the decision that I did. Yeah, I got I got approached through like social media, and I was like, this is not me, like at all. Like, if you follow me on any social media, I'm not like a not really like big on it and then I went through kind of like all the stages and they're like hey like it's a new like reality show and I was like "Eh, I've got nothing better to do and then I got the job offer for like this job and I was like oh dilemma like what do I do do I go and do this I "I (laughs) want to be a reality start so not me and then yeah I just told them I was like do you know what I'm starting a real job so I'm not gonna be able to do it but I was thinking I can win 50k if I do this so yeah, it was quite funny. So yeah, that was, that was the, the, the crossroads that I was at, like at that point. And so that's what sure. kind of like led me sort of, yeah, pretty much getting into recruitment then, which is funny.
1: Sure. How, how did you like, obviously you had a very specific degree. So I feel like you would have had internal pressures, maybe even family pressures of like, you've studied chemistry. So like, why aren't you going to take that route? So like, how did you, how did you deal with the pressures of like, just what a lot of people experience is like, what the hell am I going to do? my life like what am I gonna do like how did you process and deal with that
0: I was I'm just just one of those people I'm I'm really stubborn so I was like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna give it a damn good go and I think that's what I've done so I guess for context I come from like a family of like doctors like my mom and dad are doctors my brother is a medical student so i'm the like outlier in the family like pretty much but Uh like my mom and dad have always been they're probably like if anybody's like listening to this and they've got like like asian parents and they'll know exactly what i'm talking about like sometimes they can be really Like, no, no, like, why why are you doing that? Like, you should do medicine, you should do dentistry. My mum's dads were always chilled. I explored them, but they never pushed it. And it's so cute because, like, I always try and explain to them, like, what I do. And when I'm trying to, like, update them on, like, my life stuff and job, and they're like, yay, but we don't know what that means. But, yeah, no, it's it's nice. So I think I'm lucky having, like, the supportive family alongside to kind of, like, navigate it as well. Because, like, the first year was really hard. I didn't think I'd have got through it, like, without them.
1: Yeah, that that's great that they were supportive because yeah, I've listened to podcast stories where yeah, obviously people grew up in um and uh and their and their family and yeah, they just like were like, what do you mean you're not going to be a doctor? And that's <laughs> obviously really difficult.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So what what I always like to ask is like, what what skills or experiences recruitment given you that you least expected?
0: Oh, that's an interesting one because I think it was I think a lot of it was sort of like what I actually expected to do but I think like organizational skills as well because I think I've always been like pretty much all over the place and and kind of like go with the flow I call it like organized chaos which actually the fact that I got an ADHD diagnosis like a few months ago I was like "Hmm, that makes Mm. sense um so I think that's definitely like drastically helped that and I think being a better listener i've always been a bit a good talker good speaker but then actually learning to like really listen to people and respond to what they're saying and absorbing it and like being able to like read like body language and things like that obviously back when we used to do like proper like face-to-face meetings that's something that i didn't really expect to do
1: love that do you think it's impacted your confidence at all
0: i think my i'm not gonna lie i think my self-confidence took a massive drop after really the first like year and a half yeah so i think it went like finished uni like start a job and then it was like oh no it's not going well and then i think over like the last year and a bit or so it's kind of like going back up but that depends on your environment kind of like how well you're doing as well because if you keep kind of like just hitting your head against the wall and you're like I'm not getting anywhere with this then yeah your confidence does take like a little bit of a knock.
1: yeah because when I've asked a couple of people that question one of the things that they've noticed is yeah like confident it's like working in recruitment is just giving them a lot more confidence personally as well as professionally
0: mm. yeah definitely
1: okay so that's interesting we're definitely going to get on your journey with your ADHD diagnosis because I'm super curious yeah. about that and I've seen so many more people Open up and talk about um, their ADHD journey. So, a couple other yeah. things. So, let's just talk about as you, as you'll know and be fully aware of, first year recruitment can be extremely difficult. What, what were some of the the biggest challenges that you had to work through, overcome? Like, talk to us a bit about that.
0: I think a lot of it was the severe lack of like work life balance. Like, for example, I was, I'd wake up at five fifty leave at 6.50 and not never really get home before like seven you know that was on like a good day and I was and I I didn't go to the gym for like three months I think apart from like maybe once a week and if you know me now I, I pretty much exercise like every day like really really big on it and that does like really impact you as well I think I just became um, a really, really like miserable, a really miserable person because you feel like you're trying so hard and you still don't really know what you're doing. If that makes sense, and um, so it's that like, have you heard the kind of like the four levels of like competency like that pyramid?
1: Yeah, I've. If you go through it, it will remi- remind me, but it's like competently, incompetent, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, like in the beginning, it's kind of like blissfully unaware of what yeah. you don't know so you're like the first couple of months are like great you're like oh learning new stuff like this is fun talking to lots of people so that's like unconsciously incompetent and then you get too consciously incompetent and that's the really difficult phase where most people are within that I think like I think it's like nine to 12 months and that's when people drop out because they realize like how much they don't know and that's when your confidence takes like a little bit of a dip as well so I think that's where like one of my challenges were and I also got put straight into a really niche contract market and I was like I can't do this and I questioned myself like a lot I think that was a point where I could have literally just kind of like thrown in the towel and be like no I'm not doing this but like I said to you, I was like incredibly stubborn. So I'm, I'm going to find my way because I love working with people. Um, so yeah, that was, where, mm. that was one of the big things, I think for me that I really struggled with.
1: I totally get that. That's like a really difficult period when you're fully aware of like what you're not yeah. good at at the moment or what you're trying to get better at. So like if I'm mm. listening to this right now and I'm in that period, I'm in my first year in recruitment, like, what, what would your advice be to me?
0: Um, I think A, if you can also seek professional help if you need it there's no shame in seeing a doctor therapy I've had CBT therapy and um, I take antidepressants and um, so I mean I guess just to summarize like my diagnosis as well so I have um, anxiety and depression and um, I have a history of eating disorders and um, also have an ADHD diagnosis from like a couple of months ago which some people can class as a mental mental illness but even if not then it does directly impact um, anxiety and depression as well they're known as what's called a comorbidity so they tend to exist in disharmony with each other so yeah so I, I'm you know I'm taking like tablets for it and everything which I think like massively helps me and I think like seeking the support of like people around you it's really surprising to see how few managers actually have training in mental health fair aid. I think I, I don't want to quote the actual figure but there is. A report on mental health first aid England. So people don't know how to recognise different things, and you don't know if you haven't been through it firsthand. And then if you're not getting the support that you actually need from your managers and HR and adjustments and things, then I, I seriously would like there's a line that you know that you've crossed, where you're like, this is causing too much damage now. Like there is a difference between working in a challenging job, which is demanding, and pushing yourself to a breaking point where your mental health is deteriorating. And it's not worth it anymore and I think I crossed that line for a good three months and I was like in the worst mental state that I have ever been and I should have left like much before that and so know when you have got to that point and know that like you just deserve better than that like there's there's nothing that is worth your mental health you know like if if you think about it I think a quote my boss said was like don't kill yourself working in a job where they would replace you before you were buried so just something to think about little bit of food for thought so professional help yeah it doesn't matter let's talk about it more openly just looking back I think some of the things that I did just find like really bizarre is like any kind of like non-positivity was like not allowed so Mm. if you were like and this is when like you've just started and things are just like I don't know what I'm doing I'm confused like not getting some good responses you know if you were just saying like oh do you know what tried to call like loads of people this afternoon just not really getting through to anybody so like frustrating it's like no no no, don't talk about that positive mental attitudes but it's like this is extremely bizarre and this like whole sense of like false positivity I think is actually really damaging I think we should be able to talk about like what the challenges are and how you, you can actually like support people so yeah, I think not saying those like false positivity things like, oh, don't be negative, oh, don't do that. Why not ask people, why are you feeling that way? What can I, is there anything I can do to support you instead of like, oh, don't talk like that. You know, don't be negative or positive around here. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't.
1: Okay, so let's get into this then.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. You can tell how passionate you are about it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. It's, no, it's good. So let's get into this because obviously I asked... Like if I'm a recruiter struggling right now in that stage that you described where you're fully aware that, yeah, you're finding things difficult. Yeah. As you said, conscious incompetence, obviously we went into, so it seems like what you're share, what you're saying is that when you was in that period and when you was going through a lot of these challenges, it coincided with, Mm -hmm. yeah, looking back now your mental health Mm. being affected. Is that right? Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. So as you said, it seemed like you just literally was just running nonstop on the treadmill and then you fell off it and you got to that breaking point, right? So obviously you've had you've had to go through that pain to realise I never want to get to that breaking point again or that line, right? So let's just talk about it. So knowing what you know now and going through that experience, mm-hmm. for anyone listening that, I don't know, maybe approach, like may not be far from approaching that line or maybe coming up to mm-hmm. that, like what were some of the signs maybe that you were like, looking back now, you're like, you know what? If I actually thought more about that or did more about that earlier on, I maybe not would have got to that breaking point. Like what were some of the signs that, yeah, you saw or experienced that maybe you didn't take action on or didn't change anything? This podcast is proudly partnered with Vincheri, who are more than just a recruitment CRM. They are the recruitment operating system. Now, I can continue to tell you how great this product is and how great VinCherry's operating system is, but I think what's always best is to hear from VinCherry's customers on how it's impacted their recruitment business. So Here's a very quick snippet from a recent conversation we had on this podcast with Steve Thompson from Forward Roll, who spoke about how VinCherry has enabled to grow his recruitment business. And if you want a no pressure demo on VinCherry, how it could impact your recruitment business, then make sure that you use the link in the show notes. And because you listen to this podcast, you will get exclusive savings. If you haven't checked out already, make sure you do. Let's have a listen to what Steve had to say. We were the first medium-sized customer of VinCherry a couple of years ago and did a lot of work with them on their product roadmap for the UK and got a really lovely partnership with, with them as a business. We chose it because it's an incredibly intuitive tool. And it's incredibly powerful and, and that's really weaponized our staff, I think. Um, so yeah, VinCherry, I think it's definitely helped with our, with our growth.
0: Yeah so I think it's important to know and be able to spot your signs for whether your your mental health and well-being is deteriorating so or you're approaching or you're approaching burnout and um, so I think some of the things that I would probably notice about myself is losing interest in things that I usually enjoy like exercise reading talking to friends and family cooking I'm like oh I don't want to do any of those things like obviously like not really like sleeping sleeping very well I was regularly using like over-the-counter sleeping pills just to be able to kind of like get me to sleep. It was taking me like an hour to get to sleep, but after getting into bed, absolutely exhausted. But the mind was, like you said, just running like a treadmill. And I was like, I just started to think that was normal. And then I spoke to people and like, yeah, it shouldn't take you that long to fall asleep. Um also obviously like lack of like self self care and things, you know, abusing like drugs and alcohol. That's also like a really big sign. These are things that you can actually try and spot in other people as well. You know, if you've got friends, like look at that look after them too. Um and I think they're they're probably like the main main things that I think I I like spotted to be honest it's difficult to say I think a lot of mine was like environmental I think there was very little that I could have done myself without just removing myself from that environment there's only so much self-care self like therapy medication and things that you can do but if you're in like how many hours of the day do we spend working or in work if that place isn't serving you and they're not changing and they're not supporting you, then just leave. There are places that will actually support you with like your mental health places that you feel safe and that you feel like you matter. And that's kind of like where I wanted to come into this because both places have been like such like a big contrast. So you have to, you have to know your worth and not let yourself get to the point that I did. For, I, I went on that way for three months. Mm. Like it wasn't great
1: yeah so I so my my personal opinion is like I I do feel like personally like you can't point you can't just point the finger at one thing I think with this personally you can't just be like the environment is this which is why I feel like this I feel like
0: Mm. although
1: obviously it's a huge influence I do feel like as an individual you've also got to uh, do things yourself to try and give yourself a better chance Mm. of feeling better in that environment but if you do that work or whatever and like you know what this every time I enter this environment or when I get home, like I feel terrible or like it's not serving me. So I guess what I wanted to ask you then is, obviously, for some people, they like that environment. Although they may think it's not serving them or they do think that mm. it's really h- hard for them. That what well, they're noticing that it could be impacting their mental health. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the the immediate reaction isn't going to be straight away like leave. That that could be really scary for people, right? So, there's things
0: that you can do, yeah.
1: What, like, if I haven't spoken about anyone about how I'm feeling, like, how do you approach it? Because I do think, as you said, there aren't like obviously a lot of companies are trying, some companies are trying to do everything that they can to understand more about mental health, how they can support people, yeah. But it's also like a really difficult place to get more understanding in as a as a business, do you know what I mean? So I guess what would your advice be for someone that like, I don't know, wants to speak to people in I don't know, where would you go first if you want to start letting people know how you felt to try and get that support and give your environment and company a chance to support you or help you? Cause that can be a really difficult period to try and talk about it to people.
0: I think a good like step to take, I know a lot of people still kind of either do an office working or hybrid. So good first step to take is take it away from like the office environment mm. and with somebody that isn't necessarily your line manager, but somebody that you work with and that like you're quite close to. So I think in my case. Um, it was one of my, the, the line manager that I had like just before I left, like we became like really good friends and like we still text like regularly. So shout out to Mike, like if he's listened to this. Um, if I was like really, really struggling, we'd, we'd go out for like a coffee, which actually if you understood the environment and stuff, it was not a usual thing to happen, but it was really important for him to be able to take that outside of like the office environment. So you feel like a little bit more relaxed talking about it. So it's not the same as like moving into like a meeting room. Um, and opening up to somebody that I think you feel safe with first. If you're going straight to a line manager that maybe you don't see eye to eye or going straight to HR, it's not going to feel like kind of like natural and the chances are that person's also struggling too so there is a report and done by mental health in recruitment which i can share the link with you if you want to put it in the description and so it's a study that shows that 90 percent of employees in recruitment have suffered a common mental health disorder related to work yeah yeah so yeah like i said if, if there's somebody else that you can actually like relate to and speak to and like start up that conversation and i think if we can normalize it like on my morning meetings now like i will just say do you know what I'm feeling really anxious today you know I'm just like I'm not I'm not feeling too great not in like a good headspace um and it opens up the floor for other people to do so there's always going to be people that are a bit more comfortable like I'm obviously comfortable myself and I'm really outgoing so if you feel like you're that person and you start saying those sorts of things like other people that maybe a little bit more like keeping it to themselves would say do you know what actually I was feeling the same yesterday so you start and it is just like a snowball effect but actually getting it going is the hard part
1: what about then I think the the, the hard thing as well that some people may think and obviously part of it is normalizing it or feeling like you can talk about it but if I'm early on in my recruitment journey and I'm talking to people about my mental health that I'm finding it difficult or whatever like what what if I'm then worried about them taking that in the in a way of like, they might then think that I, I can't do the job or I'm not resilient enough. Do you know what I mean? I, I do feel like that's also part of the self dialogue is like, if I talk about this, are they then going to think that I can't bounce back as quickly as they want me to? And I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? If, if I'm saying that to myself?
0: Do you know what, that is a really difficult one, because I think I only really started talking about my mental health in my current company. And obviously like we're quite small and we're all really close so I don't have as much of a fear of somebody actually saying that so
1: was you worried about that
0: I, I wasn't because of the relationship and the culture that we have with each other and um, it's extremely honest and open and supportive
1: yeah in your first year when you said you were struggling yeah. was you worried about I
0: didn't talk I didn't talk I didn't talk to anyone
1: yeah. Was that because did you think they judge you differently?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's like an unspoken thing. Like if you think yeah. there's like 30, 40 people in an office, like how many people are struggling mentally at any given time and nobody talks about it. And I think the common theme is, is that you don't want to come across incapable. You don't want to come across like weak, you know, in recruitment. It's like, yeah, let's just do it. Come on. Let's just absolutely like nail this. And like, yeah, it's just scary. Like you can't show vulnerability in, in any case. And in like some environment so I feel like that is what actually prevents people
1: that's the thing. that's just what I think this just makes it so hard
0: yeah definitely
1: you don't want to be especially when you're early on right when you're trying to earn your stripes you're trying to yeah like do what you're trying to do and then if you then if you then open up and then it's not received very well it could make it even worse or you then don't get the support that you get I guess yeah like the other thing then that could happen is what happens then if Obviously, you leave the company that you're in because you feel like the environment isn't supporting you and you tried to open up about it, get help, and you didn't. What am I then saying when I'm interviewing with other recruitment companies? Am I saying that I left because, yeah, I had challenges with my mental health and I didn't really get support? Like, I don't know. How is that then going to play out? Is that going to make it even more difficult for me to end up getting more jobs in recruitment? I don't know.
0: I think you can you can take like the core of what you've said but just reword it a little bit. So like when you're interviewing, you can say that, I am really in like, kind of, you know, why are you looking to leave your current company? Why do you want to work for us? And um, just say that I'm I'm looking to work in a company that has a bit more focus on autonomy and uh, like flexibility and work life balance, because that's where I find, like, I truly do thrive. And it's important for me to like, feel like I have like a purpose, and I'm achieving everything that I, I want to be able to want to be able to achieve. So yeah, I think it's you you can talk about it. But just, Maybe in a in a slightly in a slightly different way because, like we said, we should be able to like, normalize these conversations. But like, you shouldn't also feel like you have to like disclose anything like during like the interview process. So. Let's say, you know, you have like ADHD and and like depression, if you really wanted to, like, I think you should mention it maybe, you know, once you're like, you've signed a contract and stuff and you're kind of letting them know about things that you might need like adjustments for. And for example, I mean, like ADHD is a listed disability. So for actually failing to support and give accommodations to that is um, a violation of the act to protect it. So again, something that people should know.
1: Okay. So let's talk about what made you obviously the company is going to be a huge factor, but like yeah, what gave you the confidence to give recruitment another go? Because I feel like this is obviously part of the turnover problem in the recruitment industry, right? Where young people can join the industry and then get spat back out because of loads of different reasons. One of them will be because they might be burnt out and all these types of things. So what made you feel like you're gonna get back up and Stay in the recruitment industry after your experience, which was challenging towards the end?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a good like year and a half, and it was really frustrating to see that I kind of had a lot of the qualities that people had to actually like succeed in recruitment. Something just wasn't right. And I do genuinely think that if I hadn't have ended up with like Manhattan Partners, I, I don't know if I'd still be in recruitment now, just because it was that kind of like thing that actually saved me. So, what led to me being here was it was January 2020 really getting to like a bit of like a low point and everybody calls it like you know everyone's looking for a job in January and I was like I wouldn't do that and then by the end of it I was like oh that's me so I messaged Julie who's one of the co-founders because we used to be like friends through friends going for like brunches and stuff because she used to work for the same company I did but our paths never actually crossed at the same time um and I remember like one of the brunches a few months ago and she said that like she'd set up like on her own because I was asking how work was going and she was telling me a bit about it and I was like oh that sounds really interesting bit out there so that really like stuck with me and she was the first and only person I messaged because I was like I I don't want to just join, like, another kind of, like, company. Like, I do just want to do something a bit different. Um, And then we kind of took things from there. Um, I met the other co-founder and director, John. um, And... They didn't know what their plan was going to look like. They'd only been operating for like just about like a year or so. Didn't even know when they were going to make like the first hire. And, you know, it was a massive step going from like the corporate recruitment world to joining a startup where I'm basically employee number one outside of the founders. Mm. Um, So that was like a massive like plunge to take. But it was extremely reassuring to me to know how much they were going to support me and give me like all of like the flexibility and autonomy that I needed. So, I mean, I work my I work my own hours I take my breaks lunch when I want we've got like unlimited holidays I don't have KPIs um our monthly reviews are kind of like very different so I think what monthly reviews always look like. And um, so I knew like really early on that I was making like a suit, like a really good step. I mean, don't get me wrong, I joined right at the start of the pandemic. So everyone was like, Oh my god, recruitment has fallen apart. And yeah, I think everyone was just panicking a little bit. and um, but you know, we did we did really well in like the beginning and we've been able to like grow from there. So I'll be honest, if I didn't have this opportunity, I I was starting to kind of like lose faith a little bit. But on a positive note, I've seen more of these boutique recruitment companies popping up. You'll have probably noticed it as well. Mm. And I think they're really challenging the way that people think like, how recruitment actually operates challenging those like traditional ways of working, which I think I absolutely love to see. So I think if you're struggling in like the environment, like the KPIs and things like that, then give a smaller company a go because it was the best decision I ever made.
1: So what, what would be like, so if I found myself in that position where, yeah, like I ended up getting in a really, yeah, an environment that I didn't want to be in, but I I felt like, you know what, let's give recruitment a go. Yeah. What would be like the three to four things on like a checklist that, I'd, that you'd be looking out for that you hopefully would think would give you a better chance of being in an environment where you can feel supported. Your mental health will obviously have a better environment to be in a better place more often. This podcast is proudly partnered with Sourcebreaker, who are changing the way recruiters work. This week, I just want to tell you or continue to tell you about the fantastic opportunities Sourcebreaker currently have within their organization. So if you don't know, Sourcebreaker is widely used across the industry. You have companies like Hayes, S3, Austin Fraser, Premier Group, G2V, Harvey Nash, Next Ventures, so many great recruitment brands use Sourcebreaker and absolutely love it. So I want to tell you about the opportunities they currently have at their business. And you're going to very quickly hear from a chap called Joshua Dowling Kennedy, who went from working in recruitment to working at Sourcebreaker for the last five years, progressing from sales executive to now head of field sales. I spoke to him about his journey so far and why he would recommend recruiters who are potentially open to transferring their skills to tech sales and what that has been like and why some of you may be open to considering that opportunity. So here's Josh. And if you'd like what you had to say, if you are interested, then click the link in the show notes to check out some of Sourcebreaker's latest job opportunities. But also, if you want to directly connect with Josh, then do that on LinkedIn. So in terms of why it's um, an unbelievable place to work, it's, you know, the, the culture and the people, there are just unbelievable. You know, it's a really high-performance culture, but, you know, everybody is, you know, ultimately mates. The guys who run the business, you know, treat us really well. Loads of incentives. We go out all the time. Um, lunch clubs, socials, parties. But, you know, the, the crux of it is, you know, the day-to-day is just really fun, exciting. And, yeah, one of the best cultures, I think, out there. And I think that right now is probably one of the best times to join the business, just purely because... You know, we're back to, to high growth, we're going to be opening offices elsewhere. You know, some of the new developments on the, on the platform are going to be absolutely outrageous. So, yeah, it's a phenomenal business, an unbelievable time to join. Looks like the future is going to be um, amazing with the business.
0: So it was one of the things that John said when we met really early on, and he said, our priority will always be our people obviously we have to be profitable as a business, but we want to make people so happy that they never want to leave. And that's how I feel right now. Like I would, as long as like I'm in recruitment, I'm going to be here. So that rang true. And another thing was the unlimited holidays, mental health days and sick days. So I can't even tell you like how many holidays I've actually taken now. I think I've probably used like for what most people is like a whole year's allowance and I've got, you know, I can still take more, like, the rest of the year, again, it's not, it's not affected, like, my billing, and, like, my ability to work, and I'm able to take off time to spend time with family, to go on, like, holidays, or sometimes to just have a day off to do absolutely nothing, which I think is really nice, it'd be great to see more companies, actually, I think holiday allowance and recruitment is historically, it's a little bit lower than usual, isn't it, so it'd be nice to see, if not unlimited, then maybe, like, a little bit more, so, you know, maybe for somebody who wants that better, like, work-life balance, like, look at those sorts of things, but actually ask about the average people take, because, you know people think that if you got unlimited people actually take less so you can actually ask like for an average and whether they have a minimum as well so I think that's like quite important um, and then like the flexibility around like remote working and um, like choosing like your hours and stuff because I think everybody like works differently and I work like different hours like pretty much every day so like for me having that flexibility to sort of like work when you want and Being able to, like, go out over lunch or being able to, like, go to the gym and not have to worry about going there and back, like, over, like, an hour, I think, has been a big contributor to, like, my mental health as well. It's one of those things you're not always going to know until, like, you're there, but I think there's definitely, there's definitely signs like those where people like like we're adults we should be treated like adults and if you can't leave people to work autonomously then either you know there's something going wrong or you're not hiring like the right people like when you give people the power to do their own thing like they can do amazing things
1: so it seems it seems like then to me like yeah being given an environment where you do have that autonomy you can yeah yeah, having more flexibility on if that's holidays if that's when you work like not feeling the pressures of like taking time off yeah it seems like that that's had a huge positive impact on your own mental health so like why do you think that's sort of massively helped your mental health
0: um I think especially so going back to like having like ADHD which I know was only diagnosed like a few months ago but I'd really be struggling with it for like quite a while so the way that I need to work is working in like shorter bursts and yeah. like taking breaks so i use like pomodoro quite a lot which is if anybody listening hasn't heard of it it's a popular time management method where you do like a chunk of work usually 25 minutes and then a five minute break you repeat that four times and then you take a bit of like a longer break which might seem counterproductive because you break in like quite a lot but it works really well for me i've used that
1: before it's, it's really good
0: yeah honestly it's absolutely classic you can get like timers on your phone and everything and um it's really really helpful so I, I I really struggle in an environment where I'm told exactly what to do and when so a lot of companies have like admin hours and then core hours so I don't know if that's the case with some of the people that you've spoken to mm-hmm. as well so it's like you've got to do calls between this time and only admin during like this time and it can feel like quite frustrating because you just feel like you're being told what to do and I'm not used to doing that since like being in school and also I think a massive source of stress for a lot of people is hitting KPIs and even if they're like achievable but then you're like okay I've done really well in this area but haven't booked enough like client meetings and you're like scrambling to do it and if you start falling behind within like the first week or two of the month and then all that does is accumulate your stress every day until you get to the end. Then you get to your monthly review and you're like, oh no. So yeah, I think not having KPIs definitely really helps. Targets to work towards that you decide together is great.
1: So it seems like then, I th- feel like you've gone on this whole journey of like just really understanding how peril works best, basically. I feel like, yeah. and you found a yeah. home that enables you to do that without worrying what your manager is going to say or like worrying like you know what i mean i feel like you've that's what you've you've been on that sort of self-discovery it seems like is what you've been on and i think yeah i think it's just it's just such a important thing to spend a lot of time thinking about how do i work best what environment do i work best in like they're great questions to ask yourself rather than probably feeling like when you was in the previous environment you just felt like you was always playing catch-up or running uphill to like achieve what you wanted to achieve So Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, yeah, it seems like we've obviously been on such an interesting journey on that.
0: I know there'll be a lot of people out there that are probably in the position that I was in and you just kind of like really questioning whether it's for you and just figure out and see like what what you can actually change. Because if you feel like you really enjoy it, like I I genuinely get so much like joy from this job. I don't have Sunday scaries anymore. Mm -hmm. Which I think can be, yeah, it can be definitely can it can ruin your whole Sunday. You know, I don't get that, and you know, truly, actually, like finding like that purpose and like just like find your home, like find your niche, and do something that you actually enjoy all day, every day. Because like, yes, the money is great, but if you if you're going to be unhappy um, and it's going to cause you a lot of a lot of stress and affect your other areas of your life, like your relationships and your friendships, then you can't. You no money can't buy that.
1: Yeah no absolutely I think I think it's so easy when you in um, recruitment to be in a certain environment and think that everyone every other recruitment business is the same yeah but it just isn't the case yeah definitely so just to wrap this up then what resources groups obviously I've seen obviously you did the mental health first aid of course so like what what resources could you maybe recommend or groups that you've been part of that you found to be really helpful if I'm someone that's on this on this mental health journey
0: oh okay so I've got a few I created um I don't know if you've heard of Wakelet before but Wakelet is essentially it's like think Pinterest but for professional stuff so you can build like different like yeah it's really cool actually and it's totally free to use and also I love it because they're a manchester-based company as well um which is nice so um i've created a board on here um which is a collection of mental health resources Um, and so there's there's quite a lot on there so i'd be happy to share that with you so you can put it in the description
1: so this is called wake wakelet boards
0: yeah so i can send you like the link
1: i'm i'm on it now so yeah i can i can share i can share that with people out yeah that'd be awesome
0: Yeah I know that would be a really good one so I think getting like if you're like a manager or even just somebody who wants to get training in it like mental health first day do some really good anything from half day courses to two day courses and that Mm -hmm. was like honestly amazing and then I shared internal training so that's great and if you are wanting to do I know people always laugh when you talk about like oh mental health is struggling do meditation but it does it does help it does help I'm not gonna lie I do it anywhere from one to three times a week. So something I definitely need to improve on. But I looked at Headspace and I was like, the only option is to buy the whole year in one go, which is like 50 pounds. And you're like, I don't know if I'm actually going to use it. So a really good alternative is an app called Balance. Um, So that's, I know on the Apple App Store, probably on Android as well, they're actually offering a year for free. Um, And it's like Headspace, but it actually tailors your meditation and mindfulness journey based on your feedback so I actually think it's a step up that's amazing You don't have to pay yeah which is fab and then I'll read out like the titles as well but like I've got a couple of books which I think have been amazing so this one is the stress solution yeah, by um, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. So he's the guy. He's always on the telly as well. Like if you see him you on know, like This Morning and stuff, he's fab. <laughs> so my mom gave me this book. So my mom's actually a psychiatrist. So really lucky in that aspect, to be fair. And um, So this book is really good if you like, kind of like struggle like, with your like stress and kind of get into the core of like de-stressing yourself, I think. I've read this one like four times. It's a little bit battered. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one, Atomic, Atomic Habits. Habits yeah. We love this it's a great oh, book I Got the reflection of light yeah it's such a good book so again like if you want to improve like your mental health and like well-being this is on my list to actually like read again so if you're really rubbish at like stick into your like habits like I am with meditation in the morning um, I think it's actually it's actually like, really good I think the last one that I'd recommend is happy sexy millionaire by Stephen Bartlett have you read this one
1: I have I listen I listen he's like I listen to his podcast every week So is it, is it a good, I've got it on my Kindle, the book I've, I need to read
0: it. Yeah. I, so I have a Kindle, but I only buy fiction books on that. If they're nonfiction and like self-help books, I always buy them in like paperback because I like to keep them and highlighting them and like make notes and stuff. Um, so there are a couple of like really, really good books that, um, I would actually recommend and something which I don't know if many people could actually kind of like find, but I'm basically in a few Slack communities that are like specific to tech. So, One's a Manchester Tech Slack, which has got good couple thousand. And then I'm in a smaller, like a bit more like a private one. It's like, you know, if you invite somebody in. And we have a mental health channel in the second one, which I started and now people talk about that like really, really openly. And it is the most non judgmental and supportive space. So, whether you do that with work or something outside of work, there is genuinely like, there's not much that can actually substitute for having a supportive community around you. And most of these people I've never met they're basically like tech friends so they're mostly like engineers devops engineers managers and things um and if you pop a message on there and you're really struggling so i asked about like recommendations for therapists and people really helping me and talking about their experiences as well so it's not like necessarily like my best friends who like they're amazing too but you know these these guys and gals have been like a massive like pillar of support to me but you'll find more resources on the wakelet board anyway i'll share that with you
1: well look i think um Obviously, I know we said we were going to touch on branding and stuff like that, but I think <laughs> I think I know I know how sort of passionate you were around talking about mental health and everything else. So I, I just wanted to say, really appreciate you being super honest, vulnerable, in sharing the challenges, talking about your journey. I always try to open the conversation around this because I think it's so important. I've been on my own journey, and I think if any everyone can just get better or understanding who they are, what works for them personally, professionally, whatever, then we can all have a better chance of taking care of ourselves or knowing what can give us a better chance of, yeah, having more good days and bad days. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, work's such an important part of that. And particularly in the recruitment world, it's, it's bloody tough. Yeah, it's and a hard,
0: yeah, yeah, it's such a hard job. And yeah. I just thought I'd add as well, like if, you know, if it's like somebody's quite early on and like you're really struggling and you just really don't know like who to talk to, like, my inbox is open on linkedin so like obviously i'm not a medical professional but kind of like been through it so
1: yeah start by talking
0: yeah start by talking
1: Paral, thank you so much
0: thank you Hisham. it's been absolutely like what an experience absolutely (laughs) love being on your podcast nervous to listen to it back though because i know like my voice grates on me like a little bit
1: (laughs) (laughs) no worries but thank you so much for coming on
0: thank you thanks for listening everyone
1: Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? If you have enjoyed the podcast,